Joining me on the line from Wyoming is historian, author and teacher Gretchen Woollett. Gretchen has just written her first comparative biography titled Born to Fight, Lincoln and Trump. Gretchen, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. So many people would consider President Trump and President Lincoln to be polar opposites in many ways, given the the different eras during which they governed. But as you say, on the back of your book, both were viewed as ill-equipped outliers accompanied to the office by first ladies who were ostracized by Washington's elite. I think that's probably a good place to start. Well, um, one would think they were polar opposites, but the 2016 primaries um, really got me to thinking, um, of course, Trump, boom, just happened upon the, the stage and the Republican candidates just fell like dominoes. as he, you know, finally became the nominee. Um, But some interesting parallels. I knew a lot about Abraham Lincoln, and I I knew some things like their first ladies. Mary was really not liked at all by the Washington elite. And of course, Melania was uh, uh, just, I don't know that she was on any covers of magazines, and they just uh, criticized all the time for what they wore. Um, whenever Donald Trump was elected, he had a 10-year-old son. Um, Abraham Lincoln as well had a 10-year-old son. And those are kind of surface things, but it got me to thinking, what other ways might they be similar? And wow, I started digging deeper into the history of Abraham Lincoln, into not just their families, Um, but also their leadership styles, uh, who they are really deep down. Um, I reveal pretty much the men behind the myths. A lot of of us view Abraham Lincoln as kind of a stately, uh, serious man, but he is not at all like that. When you dig down into the real person, he he has a lot of, um, just let me say, commonalities with Trump's um, more crass side. Okay. Uh, you just kind of have to to read the chapter to see. I have 10 chapters of similarities from their ancestries um, to their, how they communicate. And it just goes on and on from there, as well as a chapter on um, the signs of the times, how the divided time in America was was so similar to the divided time that Abraham Lincoln um, oversaw, of course, the Civil War in the 1860s. So just just similarity after similarity. Uh, You can't look at them and see anything common, but but so so many similarities as leaders, as presidents, but also as just ordinary men as well. So maybe we could talk about um, the similarities between Lincoln and Trump when it comes to not being uh, or not being intellectuals in terms of elite public intellectuals. Lincoln was certainly um, not a an Ivy League university uh, student. 
And, and Trump, he did his own thing. I mean, he did go to the Wharton School of Finance, but he, he was very relatable to the blue-collar worker. Yes. Um, I, I always think of Donald Trump as being the most common billionaire you could ever come across. He is just a, a people person. The American people, of course, um, well, we have kind of two American people, um, but the ones who really vo voted for Donald Trump and really loved him, his rallies, Donald Trump spoke to the American people, to the ordinary common man, if you will. And uh, because he is truly a patriotic American, everyday Joe, um, and really related to um, everyday people. Abraham Lincoln, same kind of thing. Yes, he was actually a self-made man in the 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 real sense of, of the term, he was poor, grew up poor, taught himself to read, mm -hmm. uh, didn't have much education at all. Um, just an, an everyday person as well. Um, but, but really worked hard to be a man of the people that Abraham Lincoln didn't, there was no stranger to Abraham Lincoln. And I would say the same thing for Donald Trump. In my chapter, Common Man, they are both very dedicated to not only speaking the language of everyday people, but also they are just down to earth themselves. Yeah, and I think that that actually um, highlighted, you mentioned that there are two types of American people. I would say that there are two types of people in the West generally now. I think it's become more of a broader uh problem and that is the one kind of person is the person who values um, Christendom, a, a Western Christendom and values nationhood, um, values elements of patriotism or at least understands that, understands that patriotism is perhaps a necessary thing for uh, unity and then there's the other half that are essentially a very self interested and self-motivated half that are willing to go with uh, globalism and all that that entails. And from the very beginning, Trump was very clear about America would not be a globalist, um, a victim of globalization. It was always America first. And I think that he split that population down the middle quite quickly and I immediately, I'm not American, I'm not, so therefore I'm not even a Republican, but I immediately gravitated towards Trump because, and I was able to forgive uh, any of his shortcomings because, you know, who, who am I to, to judge that? But also, he was a man that was not afraid, and it was the first time I'd seen it. He's a man that's not afraid to actually take control of a media pack and call them out for who they are. He once never feared the media. He turned it, it's almost like he metaphorically turned the cameras back around on them. And I wonder if 
how Lincoln handled the media. Well, I'm glad you mentioned <clears throat> the two two Americas. I don't know much about Australian history, but I sense that you're right. It is a kind of a Western thing. Um, Abraham Lincoln, of course, the nation was divided and he he fought a civil war. Prior to that, he, just like Trump, absolutely called out not only the hypocrisy of the the elites, the side of the half of America that wanted to um, have their slaves. They wanted a nation in which they were lording it over the masses. Uh, and in that sense, Abraham Lincoln um, was in politics for a while, and he had quite a few setbacks. Of course, he he taught himself to be a lawyer, and he was a very good one mm. because he could really sum up very complicated things into the most simple language possible. And that's something that, of course, Donald Tr Trump did. He could, um, you know, how clear is the term fake news? We all know <laughs> what the word fake means. And, and he said it. Brilliant. Things were so simple. Lincoln could say something and he always wanted to reduce it to the most simple terms so that the everyday person, whether they were on a jury or whether they were listening to a political speech, could understand it. And who who had the simplest language, Abraham Lincoln or Donald Trump? It's kind of a toss up because we know Abraham Lincoln with those fine eloquent speeches that are very memorable, but, mm. but many people don't realize that he spoke just in everyday language, very simple. And in calling out um, prior to the civil war, he called out the hypocrisy of the Democrats who wanted to continue and expand slavery through, through the United States. And today it's a very similar divide the divide actually didn't happen when Donald Trump came on the scene, but he called it out, just like Abraham Lincoln called out the divide between an America that does not want slavery and an America that wanted it everywhere. And um, the divide simply was clarified when, the, when these two great leaders actually stood up, had the courage, and just called them out. Um, I would say that Donald Trump spent his life actually calling out the media and and knowing how to work with political people, even though he had never been in politics. He kind of got the feel for how to work the political game whenever he was making deals and had to have something passed by a city council and and whatnot. And in a similar manner, Abraham Lincoln um, spent his his life um, as a lawyer and really was able to uh, just the way he was able to explain things and his courage. Um, it takes a certain type of leader to stand up, not be concerned about uh, donor dollars or or anything like that. It basically all has to do with the truth. And these two two men, Lincoln and Trump, not only were they fighters, but they actually were so concerned about the truth. 
And that is what the common people sensed. Here is somebody who was talking to them and on their level, and they were real. They really um, simply said what was on their minds. And that, that's what connects with people is when you're, when you're true, when you're real, and when, you know, the power of the people was a top priority. Of course, Abraham Lincoln in his most famous speech, the Gettysburg Address, so that government of the people, by the people, and for the people does not perish from the earth. Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump, he when when he was elected, I think one of his first tweets was, now we give the government back to the American people. And that's, you know, similarities like that deep down, it's just so so apparent. And that's what my book is about is 10 chapters full of how these leaders truly are alike and the times in which they governed. I would say, yeah, I would say that in many ways, Trump was up against a far more formidable and vicious opponent in the global mainstream media. I mean, this was a daily onslaught of just slurs and um, lies and everything they could throw at him essentially to defame him time after time. But they just didn't understand that he had the power of the people and they never understood that. So you had this global media elite that would be, you know, news stories would be about how, how he misspelled something in a tweet and then the whole of Twitter would jump on and start mocking him. But meanwhile, the person who's just lost their job in a factory in Idaho is not on Twitter laughing at Trump. They're actually connecting with Trump when he goes down to that plant and talks to them. So when people would say to me, oh, have you seen? Because I mean, as an Australian, I've had to defend myself (laughs) vehemently as someone who supports and supported the entire presidency and still does support the president because people would just essentially have a default position that oh we we hate him he's he's evil incarnate you're with us aren't you well no i'm not actually and when they would talk about how he's um, a liar and how he's a showboater and he spends his time on Twitter. I said, well, look, I don't go to Twitter to find my primary news source. I, I go and actually watch the tapes of him visiting these plants and these factories and seeing how he communicates with um, the working man when he goes and visits army bases They and they loved him. So you have two, re- two really strange worlds going on. With and this is a phenomenon of our time, global media and social media. He 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 kind of had to be in that fight. He had to be in that space in Twitter and behave that way in many ways, because if he didn't, all of the lies would have eventually become truth. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, one thing about. Donald Trump and the same is said about Abraham Lincoln is they are fighters. Um, the title of my book, Born to Fight, 
They are two of the toughest fighters. Um, I'll go ahead and say it. Our side in America have, has ever had. Mm -hmm. um, you're right about the two different sides in, in the West. We've got one side that's government of the people, by the people, for the people, and we want that. The other is a government in which the elites lorded over the masses, um, the sovereignty of the people, patriotic America, founding principles, Christian values, return to prosperity and strength is battling the apologetic weak side that rejects the founding principles, rejects true history and sovereignty of the people. And elites believe that they are the smartest in order to govern a socialist nation. Yep. Um, so those two different sides are are battling. And here, Abraham Lincoln stood up in the 1850s, the late 1850s, and called them out and said, wait a minute, nothing about what you're saying about what kind of nation you want is true and even works for the person who you say it's good for. Um, before the 1860s, they were saying that, oh, slavery is the best thing that you could do for the black race, and here's why. Well, Abraham Lincoln just knocked that to heck when he said, you know, when I see anybody advocating slavery and how good it is for the slave, I have this incredible urge to have it tried on him personally. And Donald Trump, he he just gave it right back to him because he knew that he was the fighter for our America, the, the patriotic, the flag waving national anthem side that wanted America to be, you know, based on the founding principles and the Constitution. And one thing the opposition has in Lincoln's time and in Donald Trump's time is they had their media. Um, even in Lincoln's day, uh, mm. there was no unbiased media. It was if you were a Democrat and a, you would take a Democrat paper, if you were, a, uh, you know, something else, you would take a different paper. Um, when the Republicans came onto the scene as the anti-slavery party, you would you would take those papers. Um, so there was no unbiased media back then either. But you're right. It it kind of took on a much more sinister tone um, as far as the media had had truth, did not have truth on their side. And so the only thing they could do was was to degrade and and denounce and lie about. It's all about false narratives. Yes. And they get they get away with a lot because the media and even big tech censorship, they command those airwaves. And like you said, um, if, the, if lies are repeated often enough, you know, they'll be believed. And that's what they count on. And Donald Trump put a wrench in their plan, whatever it was, um, to ease right into a socialist nation, I think after the Obama presidency, I think they thought they had it in the bag. And then boom, Trump showed up and kind of fought back and you know showed us we actually do have freedom of speech. It kind of made a comeback 
Um, I'm not sure where it's going to be going from here, but I do know that we need to follow his example. We need to fight. We need to stand up for the truth. We need to, you know, give it right back to him because it's about winning. It's about defeating the, you know, enemy, if you will. Abraham Lincoln called the slave owning Southern Democrats. He called them the enemy. He called them skunks actually. And he called them evil. And, you know, you can't get much more in your face than that. And, and that's what Donald Trump has done. He has poked a bear and it's a heck of a bear and, and they're, they're really taking it badly. So they sure are. I, I would argue that that, I would argue that that wrench is actually still firmly in there and they don't know how to get rid of it and it's not going away. I think that if he were to start performing rallies tomorrow, you'd see, and I'll use his turn of phrase here, you'd see crowds like you've never seen crowds before. Oh, you're absolutely right. I, I think they believed that they got him on January 6th. I think that false narrative of him inciting violence was was just completely going to, you know, eliminate him from from the the scene and you know that is unraveling it's it's was just another false narrative oh what a joke what what an outrage that is to to consider that absolutely absolutely to actually consider that to be in any ballpark as pearl harbor or 9-11 really shows who these people are just their lack of uh understanding and their their lack of understanding the American people and America itself. You know, I don't think they want to understand the American people that they want to completely squash. Yes. They want a nation and it was Trump's election that really, really heightened their, um, you know, they just, they, they cannot abide the results of a free election. And during Abraham Lincoln's time, as soon as he was elected, they seceded. And they wanted to have their own nation. They wanted to do their own thing. They thought they could. And of course, the Civil War, the most devastating, uh, deadly war America has ever had, um, four years. And it, it was settled, we think, back then. If we learn from history that, you know, states can't secede, but you think about in America today, there are Democrat-run states who you get a sense they want to go off and do their own thing. And I see such a similarity. The Democrat Party back in Lincoln's day was the party of slavery, and the Democrat Party today is still that party of elites who want to have the power over the people and just do what they want and have their own kind of nation. And a lot of it also is against Christian morality. I mean, they, they want to completely eliminate that. So, so their, their America, um, they don't want to have any part of that. So that no, they're, they're very irreligious. And this is, this is a common theme throughout history, especially throughout um, socialist history, which dates back f- further than perhaps people, people realize. And, um, the common theme, of course, is is irreligiosity, which obviously is because they want to be that religion 
um, they want to be omnipotent through policy that is crafted to suit everything that they want. Um, and unfortunately, Christianity doesn't really go away because you, you can remove, you can ban people from churches, but you can't ban Jesus from people's hearts. No, and and one thing, one mistake that I believe the left always makes, and it's it's a very arrogant mistake, and it's I kind of equate it with the mistake that. Uh, those who built the Titanic made when they said that even God can't sink her. It's yeah. They assume that God is going to just stay out of the fight. So you know, as as a Christian, as a as a believer in Judeo Christian America, and that providence and God really have blessed America um, and made her great and made her actually the beacon to the world for freedom. Um, I, I don't think he's going to stay out of this fight and that's, uh, that's going to be a fatal mistake for, for that side. So Trump's not going to stay out. Well, Trump's not going to stay. I don't think he's going to stay. Oh, you say you're talking about God? (laughs) Yes, I'm talking about God. God No, 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 no. Trump, Trump doesn't think he's God. He, he's in my chapter. Of course not, but I I don't, sorry, go ahead. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. Um, actually, the faith of Donald Trump and Abraham Lincoln are are so similar. Um, they believe in in providence. They they Donald Trump really had an ordinary childhood. You might think that, well, how ordinary is a billionaire? But he really he really did. Uh, grew up in an America where where it was patriotic and his family, his father actually made sure that all five of the kids knew the value of a dollar and they had to have summer jobs. So they knew how to work. Um, So in that sense, Abraham Lincoln grew up working on a farm um, and he worked hard. Uh, He didn't like it, um, but he did it. And he was a a very, very good at it. But um, both of them had very ordinary childhoods and, and their faith was instilled in them by their families. Uh, my chapter on men of faith is, is very revealing in how similar they really are. I was going to say there that while, of course, uh, God is not gone, I, I believe and I, I tell anyone who will listen to me that I genuinely, generally, you know, I've been correct about my prediction of Trump winning very early in 2015 when he began. Uh, you know, I'm I'm certainly not Nostradamus, but I uh, <laughs> I um I actually think that he will run again. I, I think that personally, he sees himself right now as still the commander in chief. He's not going to let this. I mean, look what's happened there since since Biden's got in. Just in a few months, it's just a disaster. And people like Trump, they have they have to lead. They can't they can't be advisors. They're born to lead. And they are born to lead. And he definitely is a fighter. And he's a fighter. After, and if you all look of at, the research that I've done is is he is not going to give up. He no, wrote the I'm, book on not giving up. I've read that book. That's what I was going to say. Is, yeah, never no, give up. There's no reason for him to give up now. 
Um, and I think he, he, he actually bears the weight of America on his shoulders. And this often casts him. And I think in a lot of ways, you've chosen two very perfect photos for the cover of your book. There must be extreme moments of, for lack of a better word, loneliness, or at least isolation for these two men in the amount of gravity that they bear. The amount of weight yes, that they have um, on their shoulders. Right. Now, Donald Trump, I think Lincoln and Trump both kind of dealt with it in different ways. One thing that is absolute about both of them is their commitment to America, to the to the United States of America. Abraham Lincoln, his top priority was to make sure that the union did not rip apart when the southern states seceded, and he stuck by that. And that was his focus through the entire war. He had his ups and downs, but it always came back to that one absolute focus is I will not allow the South to leave the Union. And, of course, he fought the war and, and was committed to that. Donald, and he had ups, he had downs. Um, Abraham Lincoln had uh, struggles with depression, different times of his life. Mm. Um, he, in fact, some uh, kind of a way that he whistled off sadness was all of the incredibly funny and hilarious stories he could tell. Um, he found a way to overcome those, those times of depression and his mental focus and his moral core always supported, um, never giving up on that most important and significant thing. And Donald Trump, he, he knows what's important as well. He is absolutely committed to being the fighter for the American people who want, you know, America to be that place of, of government of the people, by the people, for the people, where the Declaration of Independence says we have these inalienable rights life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And he is committed to that. And I had, I had no doubt that Trump, in fact, I agree with you. I think Trump is going to run again. I think he's healthy. Um, you know, it's, it's, you think of how old Donald Trump is. I, how old is he? 70, 74. 74. Okay. And how, young he looks and how how his physical uh, stamina I guess is just incredible Abraham Lincoln had that as well but Abraham Lincoln only lived to be 56 years old mm -hmm. so even Donald Trump at 74 you know was as as strong and vital and Abraham Lincoln was absolutely physically strong but he was also mentally strong. And it's that mental strength that, that I think is going to keep Donald Trump uh, being the man of the people. He knows it, and he knows that there are so many of us counting on him. Um, you know, there might be a little bit of pride in there, but I know that he, he's not going to see his America and our America just go down the toilet because they you know, couldn't stand a free election. So 
Okay, Lincoln and Trump, Born to Fight is the book. It's available through Cedar Fort and also through Gretchen's website, which is Gretchen Woolert. That's G-R-E-T-C-H-E-N-W-O-L-L-E-R-T.com. Gretchen, it was wonderful to talk to you. Thank you so much. I could go on and on for hours. So this, they are really are so similar and you will not believe it until you read the book.